What's up guys, here with you with FC Wonderkid, episode 79, here with my guy, Bretson. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I am physically tired after this last <laughs> week of football. Uh, but man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about. Liverpool, Atleti, Diogo Costa. Uh, there's just so much that we got to get to that uh, I almost want to skip over asking you how you are because we got to get right to it. A but... lot of beatings, man. A lot of beatings. <laughs> facts, man. And Juve won, though. Juve won, oh. though, but they're out of the Champions League, too, people. But just yeah. before we get to it, do not forget to like this video, people, and subscribe to FC Wonder Kid on YouTube. But yes, Liverpool. What happened there, man? The first home defeat of Virgil van Dijk in the Premier League in 70, 70 matches since January 2018, man. What's happening at Liverpool, man? The inconsistency is real. They beat Man City 1-0. They lose 1-0 to Nottingham Forest. Then they beat Ajax 3-0. And now they lose to Leeds United or Leeds USA with Jesse Marsh 2-1. Inconsistency, man. What's uh, happening? Oh, I, I, I don't I don't know. I mean, you, you already said it, but a week <laughs> ago they lost to Nottingham Forest when they were basement. And then they lose to 19th place Leeds United. Um, and in between or somewhere somewhere in there, they beat Manchester City and beat West Ham and they beat Rangers and they beat like, I what is going on? Yeah, what is going on oh. at Anfield? Um, and I, I think it starts with... Klopp, I think it starts with all of these players, too, mm. that, that make up the core of this team. They just look beaten down, right? Mm -hmm. um, and, but, you know, you, you add to that, like, Van Dyke mm -hmm. in that match was at fault, partially at fault for the first Joe goal. Joe Gomez, man. And Joe Gomez. Strongly at fault for the second goal. And Joe Gomez, yes, did not bathe himself in glory either. So I, I honestly don't know what is going on but it does feel and i'm gonna say it mm. it does feel like the beginning of the end for the jurgen klopp era at liverpool the transfers they he needs to get the transfers right in january definitely get midfielders it's not yeah. darwin's fault that liverpool is losing and it's absolutely nuts that liverpool's closer to the relegation right now <laughs> than to the top four and it's not because of Darwin, I'm going to repeat. It's because they didn't reinforce the midfield. 100%. And it's actually mad that Liverpool have one of the best goalkeepers in the world in all this. But you have Trent yeah. underperforming. Virgil van Dijk underperforming. And with no Thiago Alcantara, Fabinho definitely underperforms. So once again, what's... And I have to say this too. Salah got a big extension, and we do see the signs of that extension in the Champions yeah. League, okay? Fastest player ever to score a hat-trick, this, that, and the other thing. But in the Prem? In the Prem? I only hear Kane, I only hear Haaland, De Bruyne. No Salah. No Salah anymore. So he needs I... to get that those numbers up to justify the extension. Because Sadio Mane left. And Sadio Mane yeah. is playing at Bayern Munich. In the Champions League, in with the biggest. So, yep. Salah, what's up? <laughs> what's up? Obviously, you know, and Jurgen Jurgen Klopp has come out and said that a lot of uh, this is injury related. We started the season in the hole because of the injuries, and yeah, mm -hmm. Luis Diaz. You you have Diogo Jota. There's just 
a lot of things that that are happening but then again mm-hmm. if you're a world-class team you likely have the depth to be able to to deal with that sure. and when your depth is harvey elliott who is a great 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 prospect who has mm-hmm. shown that he can step up but step up consistently the way pedri does with you know uh barcelona he but... has not shown that yet he has not okay. shown that just yet so harvey elliott and, and uh and Carvalho, Jones, these, these guys curtis jones these guys Carvalho are like shows well, brilliance though I, I, he does he, he does but like he can't carry the team himself he's not a musiala sorry and he's he's not a pedri and he's not a bellingham gonna as get it stands. Them. gonna get uh, them. He, he likely will but yeah liverpool is going through kind of a uh you know an existential right crisis <laughs> um yeah but i have to tell you you know if, if we're gonna heap a little bit of kind of uncertainty on liverpool we mm-hmm. gotta give credit where credit is due and <laughs> leeds united did not stop harrying liverpool in the mistakes they did not stop going direct for the jugular um and it's funny because i believe i saw something on twitter that said uh you know their Mm -hmm. last loss at anfield was in march of 2020 or march of 2021 in the premier league and their this recent loss was in march (laughs) march 2022 okay terrible that's just terrible but but i'm gonna give Credit with credit due to Ellen Meslier, man. Nine yes. saves, okay, against Liverpool. And we saw Rafinha going for big bucks. Ellen yep. Meslier will leave Leeds for big bucks too, okay? And Calvin mm-hmm. Phillips too. So once again, the Leeds development showing results, okay? And Tyler yeah. Adams, Brendan Aronson, if they keep on playing like they did at Anfield... I could see them leaving for a good amount too, a proper I, U.S. I market. agree, but uh, but but I I, I got to dig a little bit deeper there for our Leeds USA fans here because uh, Mes- Meslier stood on his head. Okay, True. he made the most saves in any Premier League game so far this season. Fucks. Nine nine saves against Liverpool, um, and and he gave us a firm reminder because he hasn't been that great this season. He gives mm-hmm. us a firm reminder. That behind Donnarumma, behind Diogo Costa, mm-hmm. um, I, I might be missing one or two others. He's definitely still in the top five young goalkeepers on the planet Fuck. at the, this moment in time. Um, you mentioned Adams. You mentioned Aronson. I mean, they ran Liverpool ragged. They never stopped running. But mm-hmm. you ready for this? None of this, none of Leeds, uh, their excitement, uh, their, their um, mm-hmm. to dig out of the relegation zone, maybe turn karma in the right direction for them, would have been possible if it weren't for 18-year-old Willie Nyanto, who, who becomes who becomes the smallest player to step on the field on the Premier League, on a mm. Premier League stage, okay? He is smaller than I am, and uh, when you see me in person, you'll understand what that means uh, in, in the coming month. Um, but he is the one that made the action in the corner, sent the ball across to uh, 20-year-old Crescencio Somerville, um, and an 18-year-old and a 20-year-old, um, Put it past Allison and and gave them three points at Anfield. Unreal to think about, but um, that's Leeds United right now. And you got to remember because you said you said it right. You mm-hmm. said it well. Rafinha, massive piece for Leeds United. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they also sold Calvin Phillips, massive piece for United. And just sure. like Liverpool on the other side, they did not address their defense, which needed help last year. Mm-hmm. And definitely still needs help this year. Their defense is horrendous. Fuck. But they did bring in players that will fight for the badge and claw for the the points that they're going to need to mm. stay out of the relegation zone. Um, but for, for Liverpool to lose at Anfield, 
It's things are not going historic. Well. The rebuild, like pe no. people are going to put question marks in club, but I still going to remain what I said. FSG is going to be put more in account right now, at least than Jurgen Klopp yep. because of this Champions League form that helps him. But for at least two, just want to mention they were yep. they were having um huge like is Jesse Marsh gonna go this that and the other thing and he remained okay so that's that's great news that like yep. it's they're not gonna see another manager they're not gonna well, try to replace him. No, and nor nor should they because if you look at all the underlying metrics, they're they're playing. They're playing decently well with mm -hmm. with what they're given. Their defense is still horrendous, okay. But but when it comes down to it, if you had any um, any qualms or any worry about whether or not Jesse Marsh still has the locker room, mm -hmm. all you got to do is look at those those pictures and the, the videos coming from post match at Anfield when they secured those three points. He had every big player on Leeds United coming up and giving him just this long embrace. You could tell that it was just emotional times for Jesse Marsh. And yeah, um, is it the worst thing in the world if another American manager gets sacked after a short period of time uh, in the Premier League? No. But who would they Jesse... replace with? Like Wolves is having trouble well, to replace like, with a manager. I honestly I feel like this win just justifies yeah. him staying the rest of this yeah. season. Like... Tyler so. Adams, Brendan Aronson loves him. Like how, how? But it's yeah. it's. Let's wait and see. Type B. But put in the comment section. Do you believe mm -hmm. Leeds United are gonna stay in the Prem? And do you believe Jesse Marsh is the ma correct manager? Tell us down below. But <laughs> talking about managers and doubts, we had a big yeah. match with Chelsea Brighton, oh, and no man. doubt in my mind, it affects psychologically. Cucurella and Graham Potter playing against hmm. Brighton, okay? 4-1 defeat. The first loss of Graham Potter at Chelsea, man. That's a bold result. And they clearly need a midfielder. Big shout-out yeah. to Moises Caicedo. Balling yeah. Balling Well, you, you, you basically already said uh, <laughs> who Graham Potter should get. Uh, so, <laughs> but, but listen, I, you, know, you know me. Like, I've been talking about Graham Potter and, and Brighton previous to this and their transfer policy for like the last several seasons, right? Mm -hmm. Definitely since we started FC Wonderkid. True. Um, Graham Potter did not do himself any justice in this particular match. I don't True. know if it was naivete. I don't know if it was uh, just feeling, you know, you and I talked about this before, feeling Graham Potter felt guilty or something mm -hmm. coming back to the Amex um and and you know, like going it. to play his team you know yeah leaving them hanging high and dry whatever but ultimately he coached like that he managed like that and it mm -hmm. it showed because he looked completely devoid of ideas completely devoid of ideas and frankly that performance from chelsea was just like recklessly embarrassing okay if i was a chelsea fan um it, it almost even after how good he's been to start his brain at mm -hmm. Chelsea, I would almost have second guesses. Uh, but you, you, mm -hmm. you'd like to think, I mean, he got outcoached. He got every player on that field, got outclassed, got outplayed. Um, DeSerbi was up for it. Mm -hmm. um, every player on Brighton had an energy level that was like 50% higher Fox. than every player on Chelsea. I and it's, it's crazy. Like Tiago Silva, <laughs> mistakes left Fox. and right. Cucurella, mistakes left and right. Shalabaz, streak, ends right right there so there were so many so many things that like 
I just hope that this is an outlier for Graham Potter. And I hope that this is just one of those games you snap and forget and move on. Mm, I think but. that will be the case because it's such an unusual like match. Like because you feel yeah. you feel the guilt, and it's the way he left too. I feel like Todd Boyley always had in mind to get Graham Potter when Tuchel was there. So I feel like yeah. Brighton managers felt the same way and they said, ah, he already, why didn't he just leave in the summer? It would have made all much more sense if they were already <laughs> considered it. For the club, it would have helped. So that's why it was personal. And a big shout out to Leandro Trossard, which is one of the oh. most underrated players in the world of football right now, scoring this yeah. season against Chelsea, Liverpool and Man United. Seven goals and one assist, man. Insane and must start. Must start yeah. for Belgium. Completely justifies yeah. that form. And uh, I just want to say biggest criticism uh, for Chelsea, in my opinion, is the lack of leaders that Chelsea have right now. Aspilicueta is aging, okay? And if Aspilicueta had left, much, mm -hmm. it would be much more problematic than what it's now. But you need leaders like John Terry, Lampards, so I'm going to put, put like, I'm going to say Mason Mount, show up more as a voice on the pitch, man. It's not when Declan yeah. Rice is going to come that's going to happen, but I think it will help. And that's why I really think Declan's going to Chelsea because the position's needed too. That is yeah. well, very needed. I, I'm going to double down on your comment because I 100% agree with you. Mm -hmm. They do. They need a leader. They need a, a hard-nosed leader, not one that has to go, you know, break ankles like a uh, Vinnie Jones or something, no. <laughs> but they need, they need somebody that somebody that, that uh, is not a church, a church mouse when it comes to leadership. And that is Mason Mount. Mason Mount is a church mouse, <laughs> right? He, he, a church mouse? He, 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 he just, that? he buzzes around. He, he just buzzes around. He, he gets his, you know, he's quiet because he's in church. He buzzes around and he gets his goals. He gets his assists here and there. But like, I don't see any visual verbal leadership coming from Mason Mount. Um, or from really anybody in that midfield, and Havertz, uh, you know, man. starting yeah. above Obama Yang and Broja, like you'd expect yeah. him to be more involved, more involved. Yeah. Like, with I, the I agree. Like, mm. I agree. But I, I, am I the only one that thinks that, that Broja is, is not as, hmm? not as promising and not as good I, as I, most people think I don't, he is? I, I'm, I don't agree. It's starting to crack. I the dam agree. is starting to crack for me, man. I think... Every time I watch him, it just feels like wasted motion, nah, nah, wasted nah. physical. I don't know, man. I, I'm still not there because, like, if Broja goes to the Serie A, I think he could sure. have the same impact as Tammy Abraham in another team, not Roma. I still believe in Armand Broja, and I love the fact he picked to play for Albania. Love that. And I really think sure. he, he, could, he, he shows the potential that he could score more than 15 Premier League goals. I think that can happen. Will it? No. There's still doubts, no, though. No, this, this, it will <laughs> not. Hey, there's still doubts. Well, but Obama Young, though. But Obama yeah. Young could, and he was not playing. So, and no, Ben Shilwell. No. Ben Shilwell can start for England, okay, in this World Cup. And he's on the bench. And he's on the bench so, for Chelsea. So, that's there's still a lot of uh, question listen. marks. To, to get my bias out of the way, Christian mm -hmm. Pulisic did not play well either. Um, <laughs> is he is he playing in his preferred position? No, he's not. But ultimately, mm -hmm. um, it, you know, he gets a chance to start against Brighton, and and there's just there's nothing nothing coming from there. Mark Cucurella though was the most surprising to me. He looked <laughs> lost. He looked again like he was playing his teammates, and he was like afraid to do something wrong or something. So mm -hmm. it, it just 
it was a very weird game we'll see for Chelsea fans because mm-hmm. obviously this isn't a one and done. They didn't lose to Nottingham and lose to Leeds United at home like True. Liverpool and are effectively out of a Premier League title kind of conversation. Well, uh, hmm. But Chelsea, Chelsea has some uh, soul searching to do from here on out. At least they got their Champions League future uh, dealt with at the moment so they can focus on that. Uh, but I, I had to ask because I never, I didn't do my due diligence on this, but mm. Kepa was subbed out for Mendy. Was that for physical purposes or was that for? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's Graham Potter effect in terms of like tacticians wise, that would be a move that I could see a manager like Potter doing, which right. it's, it's a pattern with Chelsea managers to change the goalkeeper and it's good. And it's good that Kepa's at least, you know, showing that he's fine with that change. So, yeah. it's, uh, it's, 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 tell us down below, do you think yeah. Chelsea and Liverpool will end in the top four? Because that is the biggest doubt right now. Two, lo- two big teams, two losses. And yeah, I, I don't know what's going to happen because right now we got teams like Newcastle, okay? Ooh. That Newcastle is doing the rebuild the right way and that's why they have the best defense in the premier league right now 55 million pounds well spent with nick pope sven botman and kieran trippier elite players to get and you just can see again the rebuild being done the right way i just have to say that Uh, then uh, you're you have every right to say that (laughs) and again i'm gonna double down on your point because it's not just the efficiency shown in the transfer market. We mm-hmm. know Newcastle and their backers have the ability to go out there and True. spend with the best of them, and they have decided <laughs> to do it uh, incrementally, uh, maybe per FFP, maybe per <laughs> you know the fact that they want to in- introduce and ingratiate these players one at a time. But listen to this. Mm-hmm. That's not even the most surprising to me. Okay, yes, it is actually. Newcastle having the best defense so far in the Premier League, 10 goals conceded, that is pretty surprising to me and is a testament to where you should have shored up um, mm-hmm. and where your transfer attention should be spent um, when you're doing a rebuild like this. But what is equally as impressive to me, it's almost as if they dipped into the transfer market to get three new players in Callum Wilson, Miguel Almiron, and Joe Linton. Okay, these Thanks. three players are not new players, but man, do they look refreshed. Man, do they look new. Miguel Almiron has, what, seven goals now? He has seven Premier League goals this season. He's up there with Leandro Trissard. Nice. Right? So and he's effective. doing it. So effective. Where's and, Grealish? And who do you... Where's Grealish? I know. <laughs> like, what? Uh, and I, I feel like you got to recap for people. If you don't know the Grealish, why there's the Grealish Almiron thing, uh, Grealish decided to name drop Miggy Almiron uh, in, you know, uh, I guess, worst Premier League player um, type of conversation uh, a while back. And Miggy Almiron has been proving him wrong ever since. And I believe Almiron has seven times the amount of goals that Jack Grealish has this season uh, to go with more assists when That's it comes true. down to it. But it's true. And, four and zip beatdown of Aston Villa, man. It was like you'd expect Villa to do better, especially with a manager change that we can mention it further. But yeah. I have to say, reiterate, Completely agree with Almiron. Almiron, Joel Linton, Brun Guimarães, Sven Botman, yeah. Nick Pope, Dan Byrne, Trippier. These players have passion and understand the meaning 
of this successful project of Newcastle. The fans yeah. want it. The football world wants it. And the Prem. The Prem, I think, needs a, a successful Newcastle. Since the Alan Shearer days, people want to see this happening. And again, Oof. they're not overspending. They're not overspending. But we can say, okay, Alexander Isaac, big move. But still... Yeah. We understand why they did that big move. There's a lot of strikers in today's day and age. And Alexander Isaac is a baller and the future of Sweden right there too. Newcastle right now, 16 goals scored, 3 conceded. And one of the biggest reason why, I'm going to say it, it's Eddie Howe. Very, very yeah. underrated Eddie Howe as a manager. And in my opinion, definitely top 2. English manager in the world right now, in my opinion, okay? Yeah. In my yeah. opinion. And yeah. it, it allows Newcastle not to overspend too, having such a quality manager that is a perfectionist. I have, mm -hmm. at least from the outside looking in, I think, uh, Eddie Howe, being at Bournemouth too, that rebuild elite, like you have to mm -hmm. be attention to detail. And I think oh, Eddie Howe has that. So that's why Newcastle is going bold. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why. And, and once again, I'm going to piggyback on your your comment here mm -hmm. because yeah, Eddie Howe um, has built a culture in in a very small period mm -hmm. of time, right? That wasn't True. necessarily there. Now, the seeds of it were there in the locker room of that Newcastle that struggled before the money came in, before Sorry. Eddie Howe came in, right? So they, they, these are players that wanted to believe, right? And that's why he's gotten so much out of Joel Linton. It's why. Uh, you know, uh, it's why he's gotten so much out of pretty much any other fringe player we haven't talked about. Joe Willock <laughs> has actually been better than most people give him credit True. for this season. Uh, be because everybody, their index for Joe Willock was, hey, has he scored seven in seven Premier League games in a row? Mm -hmm. You know, and if he doesn't do that, he's not having a good season. No, <laughs> he's actually having a pretty decent season for Newcastle when it comes down to it. But I... I have to home in on one because we've talked about Joel and we've talked about Almarone. We've talked mm -hmm. about the new guys. Uh, Pope, Nick Pope has as many clean sheets and a better goals against average than Ederson at Ooh. Manchester City this season. Okay. But when That's it comes cold. down to it, I am most impressed with one player and one player alone on Newcastle United. Hmm. And that is Callum Wilson. Okay. Ah, <laughs> he, is, he, is, he, he is one of the more effective strikers in the Premier League and has been for some time now. And if it weren't for his injury history, if it weren't for his injury history, he would be a mainstay in the English national team squad. In fact, if he's healthy, okay, if he's healthy, I would almost take him mm. over a Tammy Abraham. Or I would almost take him uh, over any other striker. Even Tony. Bringing, over right, even Tony. Yeah. Callum Wilson. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I honestly would. You, you know why? Because he's he's equally a poacher as he is a target striker. He's equally like he can play multiple mm. roles. And this this guy has been doing it in the Premier League for some time now. He had eight goals and sixteen Premier League starts last season, a mm. season that was shortened by injuries. He's got six goals already and nine starts this season. He's really picked it up this last month. Um, and he had twelve goals in twenty three Premier League starts in 2020-2021. If you had a full season, we would know that that would be thirty eight <laughs> Premier League starts. Uh, he would be scoring a whole lot more than just that amount of goals. But his issue is in injury history. But when he's on point, mm -hmm. when he's on point, playing for not the best teams, right? Newcastle before we've had this little resurgence and this 
build. Um, Callum Wilson, to me, is just an impressive player and would provide uh, Gareth Southgate with a lot of uh, kind of fire off the bench in Qatar. Interesting player. I, I, I wouldn't start him above Tommy Abraham, personally. And Tony... I think there's but a good discussion. But, I think there's but a what good Tammy discussion. Abraham are you looking at this season? <laughs> Surely not the one I'm looking at. This I, I season. feel you, but it's just the fact okay. that he can be effective, though. And you, Carry Harry Kane is the starter. I just believe, like for me, Tammy just being a young gun too. I feel like just yeah. being there, I, I, I'd still put him above. I'd still put him above. But yes, put down okay. below. Would you call Callum Wilson, Tony, or Sammy Abraham? We want to know your choices, okay? And I just want to end with Newcastle saying, in my opinion, Newcastle's yep. home ground, is St. James Park, is definitely yep. one of the most difficult stadiums to play in the world of football right now, man. I would love to see St. James Park in a Champions League night. I'd love it. Anfield goes bold. I think Newcastle, when they go to the Champions League, it's going to be insane and bold too. And in the transfer market, if they get Champions League football, who are they going to get? Who are they yeah. going to get? The salary increase is insane. Uh. But just want to mention too on the Prem side, the Tottenham, amazing revoltada. Okay, Conte went bold. But again, they're heavy reliance on Son and Kane Tottenham. They need to hit the market and get better pieces, okay? And McKenny, I understand, doing that that dirty work, okay? The box-to-box rule. No one's doing it effectively at Tottenham. So Harry Kane has to drop back so many times. So, But I just yeah. want to say, remontada, top four consistency Tottenham. They keep on going when Liverpool yeah, and Chelsea loses. It was almost a no good, very bad week for Antonio Conte. And uh, that massive comeback, three goals in the final 40 minutes. Um, that would have been an otherwise pretty pretty shocking loss to Bournemouth. Yeah, and, and that midweek. Um, Millimeter so decision. Uh, Tottenham, you know, you literally could have said after those two fixtures, if they went the way we all thought that they were going to go, you could have said Antonio Conte is on the hot seat. And now you're looking at no, Antonio no. Conte is still at the top of his Champions League group. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, uh, they got three points where we all thought that they were likely going to lose, right? <laughs> Bournemouth didn't necessarily look like they were getting so re- outlandishly outplayed mm-hmm. that Spurs was just going to come back with three. But that's the type of, uh, whatchamacallit, of, um, the uh, of a verve, right? That's the type of an identity that Conte's got to bring. Mm-hmm. Um, to Spurs until he gets all the players he wants in. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's big, Sanchez, big, big. Um, it's like Stevenson yeah. Sanchez in that game. What happened there? And again, all the fan, all the Tottenham fans say, get Bastoni, get Barella. You need mm. these players, man. You need these players. So I'm just going to reiterate. <laughs> but Exactly. Barella, top 10 midfielder in the world of football, 100%. Yeah. And if anyone signed him for 60 even 70 million, I feel like that's a bargain, okay? Because yeah. went to United, elite levels, okay? But Barella's young, young. So yeah. I, I, I could see that happening. But want to yeah. mention too on the Prem side, last thing on my end is Unai Emery. Unai Emery. Mm-hmm. Aston Villa, in my opinion, did a good appointment with Unai Emery because you don't see many managers available. And for 6 million, it's worth the risk. Defensively, he knows what he's got to do. 
excellent per, uh, win percentage at PSG. I know that's not difficult, but Unai Emery loves to be an underdog. At Sevilla, he went bold. At Villarreal, he went bold. And at Aston Villa, he can go bold. Underdogs right there. And they can invest a proper buck. Something that Villarreal can't do at the same level, in my opinion. So Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I'm going to have to take the other side of that coin. Oh. Um, I, I, I don't Good I evening. don't see Unai. I don't. Yeah, get that. I know. Wait, and, and by the way, anyone that thinks when you say good evening, these days, <laughs> uh, anyone that thinks that that is a knock on how he speaks, you know, the man speaks multiple languages, right? Fact, it's man. not. It's it's actually for me, it's a term of a term of endearment because it's just this beat like he says it before every press conference and it, it just becomes this wonderful thing that you want to it. uh it might have started as somebody mocking him but i don't think that that's what it's meant as now <laughs> um i am happy to see unai emery back mm-hmm. in um in the premier league do i think that managerially that is the best next step for him after Villarreal? no i don't i think he chased the paycheck in this case. Um, but but do you have the ability in terms of financial backing? Do you have the youth academy um, that mm-hmm. could set you up for a sleeping giant type of situation with Aston Villa? You mm. absolutely do. Do I think Unai Emery is the man for the job? If he wasn't the man for the job at Arsenal, then he's probably not the man for the job at Villa. Ah, uh, but it's different roles. Like at, at Villa, he's, more, he's, he's closer to Seville and Villarreal than he is to Arsenal, right. in my opinion, yeah. though. And, uh, and what well. do they need? Top 10. Top 10. I legit think Unai Emery can get a top 10. Like, can. Yeah. If they get the right investments and the right moves in January. But people... Well, like, well, oh, that, Hold on, hold on. Before you say people, right? Because that <laughs> is the big deal. Like, are we certain that he has the people around him mm-hmm. to actually build for that European push or that top 10 push? Uh, at Villa, and and I'm not. I'll be honest. I'm a little ignorant to who is in the front office, front office around Unai Emery at the moment, mm-hmm. who will be making those transfer decisions. But after what they've gone through over the last, say, you know, twelve, eighteen months in terms of how they spent the Grealish money, uh, <laughs> I absolutely think that beyond just Steven Gerrard, there should have been more people out the door at Villa. It's mm-hmm. it wasn't just Gerrard, right? Um, so uh, until they fix that around Unai Emery, I don't think Emery's a transfer mastermind. Mm, you know, I, I agree. One Foyt was great. One Foyt was great at Villarreal, right? He's had a couple great wins at Villarreal, but ultimately he was dealing with a shoestring budget at Villarreal. Mm-hmm. Um, so it'll be interesting to see um, how these get done. I, think, uh, I, I, I don't know. I think I think I I think it's something great can happen. Can happen okay. and. Being that Villarreal, just like Villarreal, Aston Villa fans are very proud fans. So (laughs) I believe there's a pattern there. And we can see Unai Emery succeeding in the top 10. Top 10! That's because that's for me what's succeeding at Aston Villa in the Premier League. That can happen. But people, tell us down below. Do you you believe Unai Emery was a good appointment? And yes, uh, the manager's available too. There's not a lot. Yeah. Tell us in the comments section, managers that are in the market and not Tuchel. I don't want to see Tuchel spam, okay? Other <laughs> managers that teams can get because I a lot of teams are not playing their best football and I'm going to transition now, okay, to a team yeah. that no uh, Champions League football two consecutive years, okay? And the pattern is the same with no Lionel Messi, no party, okay? 
two times going yeah. to the Europa League, and Xavi's starting to get doubts. And I've got a question. Will Xavi ever win a Champions League with Barca Breton? Um, um, I, first, I, first, you have to establish how long of a leash Xavi has. Like, what would it take for Xavi to actually One more season. have to leave Barcelona? Okay. Um, so, uh, effectively, you're asking if Barcelona is going to win the Champions League um, in the next season or no, two. No, 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 no. Uh, they well, need to definitely go out, get out of the knockouts next season. Because three right. seasons without oh, Champions course. League going in the knockout stages. And the problem right. here is that this season, yeah. they've signed bigger players. And the salary yeah. cap is even bigger than last season going to the Europa League. So yeah. I think third time's the charm. And Xavi Ball is put in check. But in the league, 10 clean sheets, okay? And 12 La Liga games. The first yeah. time ever in Barca history to do that. Uh, so, uh, hey, but Xavi Ball in, I, the, in, in La Liga, amazing. Champions listen, League. Oh, I, I gotta, I gotta say, I, I think really what it comes down to is their boogeyman was put in their Champions League group. <laughs> you know, if, if it was any other team, maybe Barcelona would be, uh, you know, already <laughs> collecting their their uh, knockout round Champions League paycheck, and, it's and they'd be too. incredibly happy with Xavi because you're exactly right. I mean, to be three points behind assuming real madrid wins over the weekend to be three points behind having conceded four goals in la liga uh having scored a whole buttload of goals having seen character uh driven wins like their win against valencia with a Lewandowski, mm-hmm. um you know late winner these are all signs of progress under barcelona compared to where they were under ronald Koeman. absolutely right but when it comes to Champions League football, I, I honestly believe that um, th- they're just not there yet in terms of the character that's needed. And that could come down to Pedri. It could come down to Gabi. It could come down to oh, this Bellerin. youthful core. Bellerin. Be- oh, well, yes. It comes down and it to could that come guy. down to Fug. depth. <laughs> depth. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, Alejandro Balde is probably the new Starts. right back, right? No, no, no. no left back. He must start. Well, he, at left he back. Played, Alejandro. He played at, right. But he played right back against Valencia. Uh, play right back but for me for me balde 100 percent must start in for jordi alba must start at that left back slot and definitely i think they have that locked and because they have a left back locked they should overspend with the right back go crazy man get a dalo get a poru get someone that no one is expecting in that right back spot because you can you can go bold okay that's the slot then they lost because of belladine I'm going to say yeah. it. He was the main reason they lost, man. Ter Stegen's yeah. going bold. You see players go having crazy good seasons. And then you see right. one butchering. Then, and Dembele, yeah. man. What's this inconsistency? If Dembele was consistent right now, people would be talking about him in the Ballon d'Or talk. Ballon d'Or talk. Because he would definitely start for France too. If he was mm-hmm. consistent. So many crosses without intention. And you got Lewandowski in the middle? What? 18 uh, goals, I'm, I'm, 17 games. If Lewandowski wasn't there, how would Barca be right now, man? How? Yeah. That's why Xavi needed him badly. And now it's understandable. But Xavi yeah. said this. Xavi said mm. this. La Liga no. is at the same level as uh, of the Premier League. That is total cop, Xavi. And I got to yeah. say, in the Champions League, you see the Premier League and not La Liga. You see Real Madrid. 
Real Madrid is always there. Not La Liga. Exactly. Yep. Europa League. Okay, Betis, Sevilla, Barca, yep. Atletico. But the Champions League, Real Madrid. Different levels. I just wanted to yeah. say, I was offended, man. I, I didn't wow. understand that. I really didn't. Like, I, 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 because Xavi's not the perfect person that uh, <laughs> most people painted him out to be. He's also not the white knight coming in to, you know, necessarily save the day here, but he does have some phenomenal tactical ideas and he does have, you know, the ability to turn this team into potentially a behemoth. But ultimately, yeah, that. La Liga is better than the Premier League. That is oh, complete and utter is complete and utter delusion. And it speaks it speaks of a player who literally spent his whole club career or the majority of his club career mm -hmm. at one club. At one club. Now, granted, he won a lot of Champions League titles with but, Barcelona. But that right? club without and they won Messi, a lot of La Liga titles. Without Messi yeah. right now, you don't see it. Exactly. You just don't see it. Like it, you no. don't understand Real Madrid is the only like they got that Ballon d'Or win. They keep on winning yeah. Champions League, but Barca, you really don't feel it. You, I. So I just I hope, man. I just hope well, they get the next transfers right too. Oh, yeah. It's hard. I'm with you. Uh, but I, I've got two big, big things for you in mm. this sense because uh, I think Xavi also shares a little bit of the blame, not just Bellerine, not just you know whoever you want to blame it on, um, well, not just injuries, which I know Xavi has started to be a little more vocal about. It's true. Uh, but obviously, there's an asterisk on this game, right? Mm. Because the earlier game was Inter versus Victoria Pilsen, <laughs> and uh, it was bizarre to me that Xavi had them come in early to like watch the game as a team, um, because really, when it comes down to it, you can't control a damn thing that happens in that game. You can't. There's there's no amount of like voodoo dolls. There's no amount of karma. There's no amount of whatever wishful thinking that can go that way. Inter was always going to break down that team, especially with Barella on point. Okay? So, with that said, what is this fixture about? This fixture was about Barcelona exercising the Bayern demon. Bayern Munich has beaten Barcelona six times. Six times. Six straight matches. Okay? It is all about destroying that boogeyman. Oh. And what did Xavi do? He went in timid. He went in timid against Nagelsmann, against a Bayern team that is getting hotter, but a Bayern team that is not the Bayern team of old. Not only that, Muller, Thomas Muller is sending Snapchats or whatever to Lewandowski, essentially, um, you know, goading him, essentially, basically, like, telling him, hey, we're coming, we're going to beat you, you know? And they went to their house and they were the better team. And sure. Barcelona should have taken that challenge, not of, oh, we didn't make the, you know, we didn't win the group. We didn't get out of the group stage. Who gives a crap? The sure. time at hand was to exercise that demon. If not for this season, for next season. Sure. And that I just did not understand because Xavi in my, you know, just watching that game over a couple okay. times, he was timid as all get out. He would have not been that timid in La Liga, Fuck. right? Um, so I... You know, and, I think Xavi needs to build that culture a little more. And I think they've got all the right seeds, true. everything. And true. Yeah. True. And you're mentioning Bayern. True. And I just want to give a quick shout out to Jamal Musiala. Okay. Jamal Musiala, yeah. 19, 200K. Might as well be the best 200K spent in the world of football right now. <laughs> to buy from Chelsea. Okay. Bayern Munich. Right now, he's got 10 goals and seven assists. And what a season he's having. Jamal Musiala. But yeah, no. Barca's approach in that game wasn't the best. And start, Balde. I want to reiterate that. And Ter Stegen, yeah. 
once again, yeah. one of the best goalkeepers in the world right now. Definitely. Ter Stegen, man. And he deserves a lot, <laughs> a lot more credit. And the signings, too. Lewandowski, they didn't get wrong. Conde, they didn't get wrong. Oh. But Bellerin, man. He's just butchering everything. And Rafinha, too. He needs to become more consistent. We need to see the Rafinha that we see for the Brazil national team. A true menace, okay? So, I, there's a lot of changes. Uh, Fati. Yeah. Fati wants to get more spotlight. So, I feel yeah. like there's a lot of... I a lot of question marks with the winger slots. Not of the quality, but who's the choices? Who are the choices? Bye. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, I, I, it's just funny to me that Xavi thought it would be better to bring in Hector Bellerin instead of actually work with a Serginho Dest ah, that has and was willing and wanted to learn. And no, you know, does he have the CV that Hector Bellerin has? Uh, no. But Serginio Dest has all the ability to to turn into a very functional, whether it's a backup right back or a spot start right back or That's the fact. starting That's right fact. back. That's I fact. don't understand why that was not a project that Xavi wanted to take on. I, I think now, Xavi with that. With, I think Xavi yeah. just respected Dest and said, like, I I think you're going to mm-hmm. be better somewhere else. And honestly, yeah. I would love if another manager like Simeone had that approach with a certain yeah. player like Jean Felix. Like Sean Felix. Uh. Imagine if Sean Felix went on loan this January to, Bef- to Benfica. Legitimately, uh. Benfica are Champions League contenders if that happens, man. That would be so, so bold, man. And Felix scored two goals in 40 minutes, okay, in the last yeah. game. And they lose 3-2, man. It must be frustrating. And what man of the match, man of the match, yeah. you can't ask. John Felix to do more and he wants to. He wants to and he needs to do more to be considered one of the best players in the world. And that first touch deserves to be the discussion with hard work that I know he's putting in. So, Pa, Simeone, what's wrong? What's happening? What's happening? it's it is baffling absolutely baffling to me and then obviously there's all the media thing afterwards where like Jao Felix is out technically partying but it was like his girlfriend's birthday or something it's just regular, so many weird regular, yes. i know <laughs> so so many just weird things going around that but what it, really what it all comes down to is you have this 100 million dollar man yeah um and he, he's shown to be incredibly functional and incredibly um you know a, a connectivity uh to him that when he's playing at his best and when he's given the chance um, he becomes a game changer for That's... Atletico Madrid. And uh, you don't put him on the pitch and you also don't let him go. Um, I, it's just Simeone. I, I, we said this last year, right? Uh, we were at this precipice with Simeone last year. Mm. I mean, is is it the end of the end with him? I mean, it, are we at the pinnacle of, of seeing what Simeone can do um, without necessarily changing things dramatically at Atleti? Is it time for Atletico to... Hitch their cart to another horse. I think they'll let go of Jean Felix. And if it still goes wrong without Jean Felix, I think there's yeah. real, real question marks put on Diego Simeone. I just don't get it. I mean, the locker room must be going crazy. Like, what? Like, and Vizza was a good signing, though. I just want to say that. Uh, I like Vizza yeah. Atleti. But it's, again, other players and the fullbacks, too. Not bad, too. So it's, ah, De Paul. De Paul, not too good. The ball not too right. good. And Griezmann, oh. 20 million. 
<laughs> like, why isn't he? Why isn't he doing the penalties, Griezmann? Like, you know what I mean? Because so well, much, so much responsibility put on him. Well, I first know. they were playing contract games with Griezmann uh, early on in the season. Um, <laughs> you know, with the whole only minutes. plays thirty minutes. True. But really, like for me, for me, at, at, that was that was just a horrendous week for any Atleta, at any and, Atleti fans. And, you know, I mean, you you get knocked out of the group stage, no mm -hmm. Champions League football, and then you come back. And Jao Felix puts you in the position to at least walk away with a point, True. save your graces, and you give up a 99th minute goal to literally one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in La Liga. Um, but by all means, by all means, um, I mean, I, tell I, me how Simeone is. <laughs> I, I, don't know. I just want to say this, but with Atleti, though, there's a pattern here, though. The sleeping, the, the, not the sleeping, the Giants are going down. And they're going down from yeah. Champions League to Europa League, as it seems. Because Ajax is now in the Europa League. Juventus is in the Europa League. Man United, Atletico, Barcelona, Arsenal, and don't sleep on Sevilla. Sevilla is yeah. always there, and they might as well win the Europa League with all these guys that are right there. But see, I mentioned Juventus. Juventus yeah. right now. They did win against Lecce, but no Champions League. No Champions yeah. League. Benfica unbeaten this season, okay? 21 games unbeaten. Managed to show up. And say to Zvinch, we are a bigger team and we play better football. Roger Schmidt effect, man. Like Enzo yep. Fernandez, they might as well. They need players like Enzo, okay? Not Paul Pogba at Zvinch. Players that give guarantees. And even McKenny, man. He's not better than Enzo. He's not better than Enzo. I was shocked. And that Frederick no. Arsens, great midfielder. Great player. Great player. Uh, I, I think you could almost call um, Roger Schmidt and Benfica the the Napoli <laughs> the of new the Ajax. Premier Liga right now. You know, or the new Ajax. No, yeah, 50, 52, yeah. 52 goals in twenty one games. Uh, you compare that to Napoli's attacking output this season, and both of these teams, you know, handshake emoji. They're doing pretty oh. well uh, oh, for each days, other. Man. But Amazing. the only saving only saving grace for Juve uh, is that the fact that they have finally let loose some of their youngsters, right? We've already known about Moretti, Fox. but we've seen the impact. Samuel Eiling has already come on. He's registered an assist in two straight games. Uh, he saved their blushes against uh, Lecce. Fagioli. Uh, on top of that, yep, Nicolo Fagioli. Uh, so Juventus, mm -hmm. uh, they're probably better off, especially if they're literally if they're literally not going to actually get rid of Allegri. Uh, mm -hmm. because of this golden parachute or this whatever golden handcuff type of situation they got going on, mm -hmm. then by all means, let those youngsters kind of ball out this season um, and try and fight for Europe I on their like own. That. And when all, like, when all is said and done, you're only talking about four or five youngsters in there uh, to, to fight with the, the, the better pieces of this Juve team, mm -hmm. um, which is Vlahovic, which is, oh wait, it stops there, I guess. <laughs> exactly. Definitely. For me, Vlahovic is the only player. Okay. And Pogba, if he's peak, and Di Maria, too, if, they, if, they, if they're playing at their level, they are the yeah. players that can go bold. But Pogba's been injured nonstop. 
And again, they need another midfielder. Juventus is not Locatelli, it's not Weston McKenney, and it's not Pogba injured, okay? Or Di Maria injured. Ah. They need another midfielder next to Miretti. They need to bet on Miretti, that that is the right choice. And when I'm saying this, they let go of Denis Jakaria, they let go of Kulusevski. Like, Agnelli's decision-making is horrible. It's horrible. He's turning the Juventus team from the Champions League team that it was with Cristiano Ronaldo winning five trophies in three seasons to now an Europa League team that they yeah. seem to be like that. In the league, they're showing that. Like Barca, yeah. at least in the league's going bold. But Juve, nothing, nothing. So trust yeah. the youth and keep going with that because Miretti yeah. is special. He has world-class potential in him. He really does. It's, so it's an outright it's an outright money pit. I mean, literally every <laughs> signing that they've exactly. made, Di Maria, uh, Pogba more specifically, um, Chiesa, you buy him, and I, I don't know when he's going to be back on the hopefully, pitch. Hopefully I hope that he become he comes back being the uh, I believe in the, him though the, the player. I, I I do too, but you know what? We'll wait till he gets back on the pitch, mm. and then and then you counter all of this, right? You counter all this to the De Laurentiis business. Right, and the Spalletti managerial masterclass that's Fox. going on at Napoli, you know. And I'm gonna say it right now before we get any farther. <laughs> we did we did a little bit of a clip uh, the other day about our ten top transfers of the season, and I had Erling Holland at the top. Mm -hmm. No more. Whoa. No more. Number one is Kavicha Kavaretskiya. <laughs> it is. For pound for pound, euro for euro, dollar still for dollar, whatever you want to call it. Still okay? Holland. <laughs> this, this, it's not still Holland. It is not still Holland. Okay, number one in their group stage, number one in Syria right now. They, he continues to literally show up mm. all over the place in every game. He had a goal and two assists for Sesswallo. He's got eight goals, ten assists already Oof. this season. I mean. Take, they didn't spend 60. They're not spending 350000 a week or whatever it is, right? <laughs> this is, like, pound for pound, one of the best signings, not just of the season, but literally of the last decade, Sheesh. okay? And, and it's still definitely. early. Serie 18 goal definitely. involvements from this kid already. Um, and so he's... he's Kovic Kaveritskilia in Serie A. Ready for this? Mm. He's second in goals. Oof. He's third in assists. He's first in goal involvements. He's first in big chances created. He's first in penalties won. Good for him. Second in dribbles won per game. Better this than Rafael? Is, he is uh, at the moment, yes. But, I mean, Rafael has a Scudetto under his name. So, you know, I'm not writing Rafael <laughs> off, you know. He's, I, I he, you. It, we'll, we'll see post-World Cup mm -hmm. um, because that's probably when Rafael comes out. Uh, and really gets the stuff done. And when all is said and done, Napoli's in the lead, but they're not in the lead by like, you know, uh, 10 points. But they still, they're still, um, but they're, it's how dominant they are, though, too. Like, top of the Champions League, top of Serie A, Osime getting a hat trick, Varetskilia being world class, yeah. and they have yeah. a world class center back and Kim Ming Jae, okay? World class yeah. to replace yeah. Gola Bali, man. I am shocked. With how good he really is, man. And the midfield just plays really good together. Lobotka and Simeone. Simeone must be considered one of the best super subs in the world of football. I said Rodrigo of Real, Simeone of Napoli, showing results in the Champions League too. 
as that guy, okay? So, like, Ozime or Simeone, great yeah. to see. I'm, I'm shocked with the levels. But it doesn't even stop there, right? It's like, oh, you know, OC Men plays that target striker, plays that, you know, really, really well. And you've got Simeone, who's more that clean up, get, get goals here and there. And then you but got not only that, <laughs> you got Raspadori too. And he's scoring goals whenever he's put in. True. So they, they can actually, they're malleable in terms of which striker, which, you know, um, which one is up there. So I don't know if the good times will last all season for Napoli, but it's certainly looking like they have some chemistry they have some freakish just understanding with each other that, like, if you're going to ask me right now, I've got Holland De Bruyne. Mm. I've got Dembele Lewandowski. Those are some really, really interesting connection. I mean, obviously, and you know, Holland De Bruyne. But Osimhen Kavartskilia? Like, Vinicius that is... Ra- <laughs> and Vinicius Benzema. Although, we haven't really seen that 100% in motion yet this season. Mm-hmm. And we will see it, I'm sure, as the season goes on. But Victor Osimhen has had a hat trick, as you said. He's got six goals in his last four games. He's got seven goals and seven Serie A starts. Oof. And then it pains me to think that this guy is not going to be at the World Cup. He is not, but I, along with Nigeria, not going to be at the World Cup. But, but wh- like, I like where you're going. The best duos right now, Lewandowski Dembele, Kvaraskilia yeah. Ozime, De Bruyne yeah. Haaland, uh, Vinicius yeah. Bezema, and I'd say mm. shout out, big shout out to Gakpo Xavi Simmons, though. I, I think those <laughs> are the best duos right now playing football or must be Ooh. considered in the discussion, man. Because right now, yeah. Gakpo has like more than 25 goal involvements. Xavi Simmons that. has more than 10 goals. Like, it's insane, okay, the yeah. impact that they're having. And they balled out against Arsenal. They really yeah. did. Xavi Simmons, man. Big respect on him. And once again, he showed up. And he showed that he has to go to the World Cup for the Netherlands, man. What does Xavi Simmons need to do more, man? At 19, he's doing everything that he can. At PSV. And he's still going. The first manager uh, to beat uh, to beat Arsenal next to Eric yeah. Ten Hag, too. <laughs> That's what he's still uh, going. Hey, just, he, he, he was pissing... Pissing those Arsenal defenders off, Xavi Simmons. Uh, I, I agree. I think I, I think Xavi Simmons should be on the plane to Qatar, just like I also think, and I'm going to say it, we forgot to say it in the La Liga section. Mm. I'm going to say it, Alejandro Balde, if you think he's replacing Jordi Alba, he should also replace Jordi Alba on the plane to Qatar. Fucked! Fucked! Fuck. I think Luis Enrique could do that, though. I wouldn't be surprised. That's the fast I mean, lane at Barca. <laughs> Real Madrid players, they don't have a, it's not that easy. But Barca players, well, hello, welcome. <laughs> I, I, I mean, you marginally give up maybe on, on some things that Alejandro Balde has, you know, in his locker at this moment. But I he agree. has taken incremental steps up every time he stepped out on that pitch. He's also now shown that he can play right back um, and left back and he can play wing. Um, so you actually have more versatility there than you probably do with Jordi Alba. But I didn't mean to go backwards and all this. Um, but nah, yeah, no, uh, but I, I, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Where were we? What were we even talking I, about? I went, oh, I went with the duos to the Cody Gakpo, <laughs> but we can go yeah, to yeah, the yeah. trios too, because I have to mention here in the pod, man, it's actually insane that Messi, Neymar and Mbappe have 70, 70 goal contributions already this season, man. And again, PSG must be considered top contenders for the Champions League next to Man City. Will they win it? If they don't win it, man, again, PSG bottled it. Bottled it. So 
I just want to mention that. But Messi's doing everything he can. And in the World Cup here, man, what an elite form to go to the World Cup with. 12 goals and 13 assists. Oh yeah. my days. Then you have Enzo cooking in the in the Primera Liga. Martinez mm -hmm. cooking with Man United. So mm -hmm. hey, you see improvements in the Argentinian team too. Oh my days. Yeah. I, I'm with you. And you know, like I know you and um uh, oh, his name? and Carvalho. I know you and Pedro did did something on the Ballon d'Or about <laughs> Erling Holland and this and that. I mean, I honestly do believe that it's going to be one of this PSG trio uh, that Maybe. winds up mm. winning the next Ballon d'Or mm. um, because one of them's likely lifting the trophy, whether it's France, Argentina, Barcelona, mm -hmm. uh, or it's going to be somebody completely out of left field, right? Uh, somebody completely different. But yeah. I mean, <laughs> we got we got people okay. at PSG with Gnat, Vitinha, Daniel. We do have players. Nun Minch, obviously. Yeah. Nun yeah. Minch. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm going to say it right now. I do not share your um, your agreement with Carvalho that Cristiano Ronaldo could wind up winning another Ballon d'Or or could be no, top no, three no, on a no, Ballon d'Or. No, no, no. Uh, no. I, I don't I, think I, that. I don't think that. I, I, I think he's. I don't. I don't know what's going to happen here. But yes, if he goes bold with Portugal, <laughs> that's the only way. That's the only it's way the only he can way. get top five. But I don't think that's. I th I just put that option. <laughs> I just put that yeah. option. But well, that's, we could wait. Either way, see. either way, mm -hmm. P PSG. That you might have. They're one, two, three, right? The royal trio at PSG. <laughs> Neymar has eighteen goal involvements. Messi has seventeen. Mbappe has thirteen. The royal uh, trio of PSG and Ballon d'Or contenders. It's all well and good, and yet they have a three-point lead at the top. <laughs> What the heck? They also lead the league in biggest, like most missed chances. I think all three of them are top three in it. So it's like n League One means it means nothing when it's all said and done. They're only playing. That is basically their preseason, and yeah. they're only playing Champions League ball from here on out. Okay, uh, and that's all that matters. World Cup, Champions League ball, and whether or not they're in sync when the time comes. And if you can't beat or get by Bayern when the time comes, or you can't beat and get by Manchester City when the time yeah. comes, then it's all for naught or Real Madrid. Yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, I think too something that's going to be very interesting after the World Cup is the Messi yeah. Messi saga because yeah. Barca wants Messi back. Man City's highly interested in Messi with Pep Guardiola. Chelsea with Todd Boyle are definitely going to consider that. And then you have PSG saying, do you want to like divide the club with Mbappe? <laughs> so it's like oh everybody, everybody's going to go hella bold for that signing of Messi. At 35, still one of the most valuable players in the yeah. world of football. Wanted to give that shout out. But I um, want to mention, it, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 and, and you you already said it before, but his form is approaching scalding hot heading yeah. into this World Cup. So it is going to be it is going to be impressive um, to fun. see what happens with Messi. And uh, I, there were a couple quotes that came out, and I don't have them verbatim mm. uh, in our notes here, but it basically was boiled down to uh, we are going to fight like hell to get yeah. Messi his World Martinez. Cup. We are going to fight like <laughs> hell. Yeah, that's who it was. So. Um, I am I am here for it. Uh, the narrative is building, and mm -hmm. I just hope Messi transplants this form into the World Cup. And my guess is he will. I think we'll he will. I think he will. That yeah. group is gonna they're gonna go crazy. But people, yeah. put down below. Do you share that thought that a PSG player is gonna win the Ballon d'Or? Put down below in the YouTube comment section. But I mm. want to mention here in the pod, man. My last mm -hmm. shout out is Copa Libertadores because. Nice. 
Flamengo! Sauda, hey, you went bold, man. Flamengo went bold. And I gotta give a huge shout out to Gabi Gold. Three yeah. goals scored in Copa Libertadores final, and he's lifted it twice. Carioca de Coração, and Gabi Gold is 100% a Flamengo legend. Flamengo yeah. legend. 100%. So, wanna yes. give it that shout out. And Everton Ribeiro. Oh. Very underrated, this player. Really good yeah. quality and wouldn't be surprised if he went to uh, the Brazil national team. And Flamengo mm. right now is the Brazilian team with the most titles ever. With eight Copa uh, Brasileirão. They have quatro Copa do Brasil. They have three Copa Libertadores. And they've never, ever been relegated from Brasileirão. So that shows in such a difficult league, man. The most difficult yeah. league to win consistently, 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 in my opinion. You got it. Yes. I got it. Well, <laughs> Bravo. I, I love, I love that shout out. I'm going to throw one of my own stats in there. Ah. Uh, Flamengo <laughs> is also the first team to win every leg, every Ooh. leg of the knockout round home Ooh. away. They're the first team to do that in Copa Libertadores history. Apparently. Okay, so not only were they good, uh, but they got it done home and away. And it really helps when, if Gabi Gol for some reason is having an off day, you've got a guy like Pedro, who is, uh, he scored 12 goals in the Cobra Libertadores in 700 minutes played. 12 goals in 700 minutes played. Okay, so... It's their second Flamengo's second uh, Copa Libertadores title in the last four years, and Gabi Gol has been there for both of them. But there was also a wonderful smattering of names we've all heard of. Mm. If you're a big Euro football guy, you know Andreas Pereira, who will get a medal. He was on the team before he made the move back to Fulham. Mm -hmm. You got David Luiz was starting in center back. You've got Felipe Felipe Luiz, the fullback (laughs) that used to play, I believe, for Atletico, and also. Chelsea? Yes. Back in the day, yes, maybe? he did. Yeah. He did. He did. <laughs> and then Arturo Vidal came in off the bench. Ooh. So you have some wonderful names there that were playing for Flamengo, and they have this nice balance of younger dudes and um, some vets that have been there before. Uh, but to be honest, what a player! Yeah. Too. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Hey. Twenty-eight still. Uruguay, he man. He's got to exactly. be. He's got to be there. Got to go to Europe. Oh. Got to go to. Got to go to Europe at some point. Oh yeah. Uh... I don't know though, because he just, just fits so well. It's like Gabi yeah. Gol. Like Gabi Gol yeah. and Arrascaeta, I legit believe they can become club icons of Flamengo. They just yeah. could stay there and just live their life in Rio de Janeiro, which I don't think it, it's that bad though. No, no. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's, it, there's actually quite a few Uruguayan players like that. Who's the other guy I'm thinking of that should have made the move? Is mm. it De La Torre? No, I forget. Oh, he plays for. Oh, River. Plays for River, and I can't remember his name. Somebody, De La Cruz, I think okay. is his name. De La Cruz. Anyway, getting off topic here. The funny thing is, is when I t- tuned into the Copa Libertadores, mm. I was really hoping for one narrative to come true. Okay, mm. and it wasn't on the Flamengo side. Mm. It was on the Atletico Paranaense <laughs> um, yes. side. I wanted to see seventeen-year-old Vitor Roque. Uh, yeah. ball out. I really, really, really wanted to see it. It didn't happen, but the mm-hmm. fact that this 17-year-old was starting for them in such a big final, he's already got big eyes on him. Barcelona also wants him. They're looking at a 30 to $40 million price tag for him, or 30, 40 million euros, mm-hmm. I should say. Uh, but this is a guy, if you don't know him, 
look him up. Vitor Roque has been phenomenal for them, not just here, but also in the Brasilia Real. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, that is who I really wanted to see kind of ball out. But Flamengo took over as the more consummate team, the more solid team. Love it. Um, and Love how you're yeah. mentioning Vitor Great Kockman. shout. Great shout, yeah. that is. And I, I'm sure you want to shout another player in Brazil at all. 17, Vitor Roque, very good. But we have a, bit, a player that he might go for 60 million, and he's 16, am I right? Real Madrid oh are definitely considering to pay right now for Hendrik. As when I complain about it, I wouldn't because his work <laughs> ethic is insane. I legitimately believe we're talking here about one of the players that is going to dominate the world of football in the next yeah. five years with Hendrik, okay? He can score goals. He can out-dribble everyone. He can do anything, anything on yeah. that pitch, man. And he is the successor, or at least until now, he's the biggest mm-hmm. or the, the, the best player to succeed from Neymar, okay? Vinicius Jr. and Hendrik might be the best duo in the next 10 years, man, in the world of football if everything goes Ooh. right, man. He's already oh, got no. those two goals, man. Insane. Yeah. And you can see it. I know. How he talks, man. Like, I know Portuguese. And the way he speaks, how confident, like the focus that Hendrik has, people. Really, I yeah. really believe in this kid. I really believe yeah. in him. World-class uh, and, levels. I believe in it. Uh, and at, and at 16, we always want to take everything with a grain of salt. But the fact of the matter is, he is the youngest player to ever feature for Palmeiras. He is the youngest player to ever register an assist for Palmeiras. Uh, and uh, Endrick is also the youngest player to ever score Impressive. for Palmeiras. So, so really what it comes down to here is if you're looking at um, who best to see, to thread the needle of uh, where a Brazilian goes, a young, promising Brazilian goes, right around the same price tag uh, in the future, the, the next best step, um, really the only litmus test he's got or the only real um, two players he's seen so far uh, really step it up abroad mm-hmm. and take massive leadership roles in a massive club in Europe, well, Endrick at Real Madrid is almost a foregone conclusion, right? Because... Vinicius Jr. before him, Rodrigo now. Um, I would imagine that they're going to do everything they can to secure Endrick. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then he again, could be it, with it, Mbappe potential. Like if he can, goes right, he can be better than Mbappe. And Mbappe is lethal in the three corridors. Hendrik can be yeah. that guy too. He can get a finish anywhere. He can dribble. Yeah. And I can. I even. I'll say this. I think he beats the defender better than Mbappe. Not with speed, but with dribbling. Already at yeah. 16. So that's 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 actually insane. Insane. Yeah. Like, so, but people, really, really, we're not stressing. We need to stress more on this kid, man. But I feel like Abel Freire will be playing him more now that he's going to win Brasileiro as it seems to. So sure. he's going to yeah. trust the youth. Trust the youth. Hey, and when all is said and done, would you have expected um, uh, th- this quote? Do you think that this quote was from... Um, from mm. Endrick. Uh, Real Madrid is a mythical club. Was that quote attributed to Endrick? I think, I think it was uh I think it was Jamal Musiala. It was Jamal Musiala. I tried to trick you there. Ah! You know, just, by plant, just planting <laughs> and, the seed that Endrick was gone to Real Madrid. And that he was says Jamal that. Musiala. Jamal Musiala says that 
Because he knows Jude Bellingham sees it as a mythical club too. <laughs> oh my goodness. And they know Pedri and Gavi's right there too. So I, I can see that happening. I could see that happening in the near future though. Transfer window is going to be on fire for multiple seasons to come. That Fucked. is for sure. Fucked. And, um, and after the World Cup too, there's going to be like a need with players that are going to be like, Muchas Caicedo's this good? Inkepi is this good? <laughs> this guy, like, every team's going to be doubting their transfer policy, man. They're going to yeah. reinforce. In January, I could see Enzo, man. Enzo yeah. going to Liverpool. Or, yeah. or, or, or Juve if they wanted to spend big bucks. But I don't know if Juve wants Or to. Newcastle because, you know, come on. <laughs> Newcastle's going to be a top four team. And, no, I'm just, I, you know. No, no, no. Is, no um, I'm not kidding on that, man. They will be a top four team in the next three years. I agree. I can say yeah. that. I, I believe that. Well, I believe I, I'm in agreement with you at this at this moment <laughs> in time. Uh, we'll see if anything changes. But listen, uh, we are uh, going to be making or taking a, a massive kind of shift in content mm-hmm. moving forward. And, and we are going to have to be looking at each and every one of these World Cup teams <laughs> and who's Fox. going to be uh, upping their profile or who might lose interest uh, mm-hmm. because this has never happened before. World Cup in the winter, World Cup dead in the middle of a season. It has never happened before. So you better believe that in the coming weeks, months, hell, I'm going to be in Portugal in the next <laughs> 10 days or so. It's going to be crazy. Um, it, it is going to be crazy. And we're going to be talking all things World Cup and probably transfer window too. Uh, but when when all is said and done, man, mm-hmm. December, November, I, I don't, I don't know if you can love football anymore. <laughs> it's, it's the perfect month. And let's hope that no injuries come from it. I had the Lautaro scared if you see that Inter game. Yeah. I was like, please don't yeah. get injured. Please don't get injured. So let's yeah. wait and see that everybody is fully fit. But if you're listening yeah. until now, please do not forget to like this video and subscribe to FC Wonder Kid on YouTube. And again, community, thank you for going bold on a weekly basis. And next week, episode 80, we're about to go bold once again. And thank you for joining the community, people.